Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Man, what a Monday. What a wild weekend. We got so much to get to today. I need you to do something for me, Ironhead. Right now, call our friends at Newsmax and see if we can do three hours today. Uh, At least least two. I don't know how we're going to jam this all in. 55 minutes. We will do our best. We got so much. We got the Masters. We got Riley Gaines. At San Francisco State, the response from those those people, it's just it's just insane. What what they had to say about it, what the, how the way they treated her. We have a world leader who is um, asking a little boy to suck his tongue, to suck his tongue. And the big upset of the day, it's not Phil Mickelson finishing second at the Masters. That's big. This is even bigger. The upset of the day, it's not Joe Biden. The world leader who is uh, mm, sucking face with a little boy, not Joe Biden. Joe Biden, by the way, announced this morning that he is running again. I know that's not a big upset, not a big surprise, but he let the cat out of the bag at the uh, Easter egg roll at the White House. He's uh, hanging out with uh, the Easter bunny again, and he let it slip. He said, I'm planning on running. Then he's heading to Ireland to hang out with all those stupid drunks, you know, the Irish you watch. Every time he talks about the Irish, he can't help himself. He, he mentions how stupid we are and how we're all, how, how he's Irish, but he's not stupid. He's Irish, but he's not a drunk. Uh, he'll be doing that the next few days. You watch. And we have the response from the vice president of marketing of Bud Light. The response to the uproar about Dylan Mulvaney appearing on a can of Bud Light and in a Bud Light promotion, you are not going to believe what this woman, who is the head of the market marketing for the whole company, what she has to say about her job and her product. If you were wondering, we were all wondering what they were thinking at Bud Light at Anheuser-Busch when they uh, made this deal with Dylan, started this partnership. You will not be surprised anymore when you hear from the person who made this call. It's just, just mind boggling. Um, but uh, we'll get to that. We also have the vice president come and, and God knows we play Kamala Harris sound all the time. We laugh at her. We mock her. She is utterly incompetent. She's a cartoon character. We all know that we know she can't be president. She can barely be vice president. We know she's not very bright. She's not very uh, articulate. Um, She went to Nashville. I want to begin here because I find this so outrageous. And again, we know she's a clown, but she is the vice president of the United States. Last I checked, she decides to make a trip to Nashville. Now, for those unaware, in Nashville, there was a shooting a couple of weeks ago. I believe it was on a Monday a school shooting, a trans terrorist 
um, Audrey Hale went into the Covenant School with uh, three weapons and open fire, killing three nine-year-old children and three staff members. I don't believe Kamala Harris even mentioned their names. I don't think Joe Biden has mentioned their names. I know they haven't mentioned the two cops, um, Colazzo and Engelbert, Rex Engelbert. I know they haven't mentioned these heroes who saved countless lives when they took out the shooter. We all saw it. We were all disturbed by it. We were all sickened by it. We were all expecting to see the manifesto from Audrey Hale. What was her new name again? Oh, Aiden. Yeah, she wants to be. No, was it Aiden? What was her new name? It was Aiden, Aiden to Audrey, I believe. All those Aidens. They're weird. They're dangerous people. <laughs> uh, but most you know, decent people didn't go with the fake new name or the new identity. We all call her Audrey Hale. She is just evil, scum of the earth. She's dead now, which is a good thing. But so are six innocent Christians. I mentioned this when it first happened. We talked about it and said, you know, will Joe Biden uh, visit Nashville? Will Kamala Harris? Will they go to the funerals? Will they invite the loved ones to the White House? They've been known to do that in the wake of real tragedies, real atrocities. Well, we got our answer. Kamala Harris did indeed make a trip to Nashville, did indeed get on Air Force Two with her staff of 73 people and head down to Nashville for a day. Um. The only problem is she didn't go to the Covenant School. She didn't visit the loved ones, the survivors who are still mourning their, 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 the deceased. She didn't attend any funerals or invite any family members to the White House. Again, this White House is just beyond tone deaf, beyond just arrogant. The idea that you would go to Nashville and not even acknowledge the dead is just so, ins- to me, even if you don't care about them, and clearly they don't, they think the victim is the trans community. Immediate, in the immediate aftermath of the mass shooting, they put out statements and, and made pleas uh, that uh, people don't uh, blame the trans community, which is under attack. We We played the the uh, the riff that the uh, incompetent press secretary, Corinne uh, Jean Pierre, went off went on. She just went. She was more emotional than ever, talking about how the trans community is under attack and the trans transgendered children are the bravest people we know. The president put out a statement saying trans people shape the soul of the nation and they cure diseases and they're under attack. It was just beyond insane before the children were buried. So Kamala decides to finally go to Nashville. But why, why'd she go to Nashville to comfort the, uh, the families? Of course not. They don't care about the families. They don't care about the victims. She went there to support the insurrectionists, the, the three, uh, well, the two essentially uh, state representatives in Tennessee, as we know, who disrupted an official proceeding these uh, because of uh, to make a plea for gun control we saw we've seen the video we've seen the stories the three of them and two of them got expelled because they used a bullhorn and they were shouting and screaming and disrupting a a legal proceeding um sound familiar yeah cuz that happened a little more than 2 years ago in the, in the US Capitol there was an insurrection 
at least that's what I was told. When you disrupt an official official proceeding, you are a threat to democracy. You are attempting to overthrow democracy. That's what I was told. That's what we all were told. There are still people, a lot of people, hundreds of them in jail in D.C. for obstructing. They didn't actually do that, but uh, they were labeled insurrectionists. And I don't think there's a Democrat in the country who gives a damn that these people were thrown in jail. Many of them without bail, without charges, pre, pre-trial detention, and they can't have visitors. It's, it, it, it's incredible what's being done to these people, some of whom were violent, some of whom attack cops and belong in jail, many of whom do not belong in jail, many who, many who are sightseeing, like Jacob Chansley. Uh, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, the media don't give a damn about those Americans. These guys who are not in jail, by the way, who are not arrested, they were expelled. That's the uh, process uh, in this Tennessee uh, house that they use to deal with people like this. It was, there was a process. They voted, they voted to expel the uh, two of them, Justin Jones of Nashville and uh, Pearson from Memphis. The woman, the third insurrectionist, Gloria Johnson, was spared by one vote expulsion. This is a woman who made a plea to not be expelled to her fellow uh, representatives. She said she didn't use a bullhorn. She wasn't screaming. So they said, okay, we'll let her stay. Immediately after they voted by one vote not to expel her, she called them all racist and said the only reason she didn't get expelled is she's white and they're black. Uh, (laughs) that's, That's what you get for showing mercy on this person. But so far, these two guys, Pearson and Jones, they were expelled. They get a phone call from the president of the United States in their support. Obviously the media 100% behind them. And now they get a visit from the vice president. I was wondering this in, in all seriousness, did she even consider like driving by, take the, take the motorcade, her limo by this covenant school. Let me just go by. Maybe I'll make an appearance and, you know, throw some flowers at the memorial and say hi to who's ever there? Of course not. Again, they don't give a damn about the victims. In their mind, the victims are these two clowns who got uh, expelled from the, uh, the House of Representatives, and they will, they'll be back. They will be back. You watch. I, 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 I have great respect for the uh, Tennessee reps who voted them out. That showed, to me, showed some real spine. That was real conviction. You don't, uh, you, you don't disrupt an official proceeding with a megaphone or a, a bullhorn and pay no price. I mean, that's what they expect. They're Democrats. They expected there would be no price to pay. There was, they got expelled and then they nailed themselves to the cross on Easter weekend and claimed to be victims. And why not? It's working. It pays off. You get a visit from the vice president of the United States we have some of her speech, which is just nauseating. Again, she's right down the street from the scene of the crime. These, these guys, they disrupted the, uh, uh, the democratic process because they want gun control. They want to make it about guns. They don't care about you know, school security or mental health or trans terrorism, trans violence. They care about guns, 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 guns. And I've said this, and we say this after every mass shooting. If they ban AR-15s, do you think Audrey Hale just gives up her whole plan to shoot up a school? Or does she just use another weapon? 
Does she use another rifle? Does she use a handgun? She use a, she had two shotguns. Does she use her shotguns? Uh, same with same in Evaldi. Ban the AR-15. Great. Go ahead. Do it. Then what? We have the same problem. We have we have guns, legal guns, hunting rifles, shotguns, and we have psycho trans terrorists like Audrey Hale. So it wouldn't solve the problem. Uh, you want to discuss it? We'll discuss it. But they don't want to discuss it. They want theater. They want they want drama. So they uh, stormed the Capitol, uh, staged an insurrection, and now they're paying the price. They're 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 getting expelled. And uh, the vice president took time out of her busy uh, Easter weekend to go down there. And uh, she appeared at the at a school called Fisk, I don't know, Fisk College, uh, in front of a crowd. And she thought she was, uh, you know, preaching. That's what she was doing, preaching. Let's uh, watch some of our embarrassment of a vice president, Kamala Harris. Go ahead. They said, we understand when we took an oath to represent the people who elected us, that we speak on behalf of them. It wasn't about the three of these leaders. It was about who they were representing. It's about whose voices they were channeling. Understand that, and is that not what a democracy allows? He says you don't silence the people. You do not stifle the people. You don't turn off their microphones when they are speaking about the exactly what democracy does it's the process i mean they they were warned they would be expelled if they did this and they disrupted the proceeding and they used the bullhorn and they screamed and chanted and they wanted the, the, the all the cameras there they wanted to be martyrs they wanted to be stars now they are and uh they i think they're just surprised the Republicans actually went through with this. They're just used to, and again, they're Democrats. They're used to getting away with breaking the rules, breaking the laws and paying no price. But if you thought Kamala was a clown, uh, which, which rep is this Justin Pearson? Yeah. Justin Pearson. He's a rep from Memphis. And uh, if you saw his speech, I mean, it is, he's studying. You may have seen uh, it 60 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, you may have seen it. Yeah, exactly. He's studying videotape of Martin Luther King trying to copy his style and other, you know, faith leaders. Um, But uh, it's not how he really speaks. He's just an actor is what he is. We got both. We got him uh, in front of the cameras, in front of the crowds, trying to be MLK. And then we also have him in his real voice, which is kind of funny. But uh, what are we going to start with here, Ironhead? Because we got to we got to do the uh, compare and contrast. Uh, this is him um, pulling the wool over everyone's eyes with, with his latest speech. And it doesn't sound like it's from even close to this time period. I've seen a few speeches. He does this all the time. It's all about an inflection and a not much different than Kamala Harris. If you were just listening, her arms are waving and she's banging the podium and she's really trying to get the crowd going, I guess, you know, that's a style and uh, it's not real, 
it's it's fake. No, it, as we will see. It would be like a Justin. movie. It would be like a movie coming out, and the guy being like, "Man, I'm going to get you." See, like that's all he's doing. <laughs> right. All right. Let's let's watch uh, Justin Pearson of uh, Memphis perform for the crowd. Yes, I tell you, it was a sad day on Saturday. All hope seemed to be lost. Representatives were thrown out of the state house. Democracy seemed to be at its end. Seemed like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. But all that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last. But oh, we have good news, folks. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. Resurrection is a promise. And it is a prophecy. It's a prophecy that came out of the cotton fields. It's a prophecy that came out of the lynching tree. It's a prophecy that still lives in each and every one of us in order to make the state of Tennessee the place that it ought to be. So I've still got hope because I know we are still here and we will never quit. Oh God, he's the inside. What did he say? Resurrection. Oh God, what a clown. That's not how Justin Pearson actually talks, as we can show you. That's just uh, that's just Justin Pearson playing to the. And and I often look at people like this and say, who votes for someone like this? As I sit in Ayanna Presley's district, and I sit in Liz Warren and Ed Markey's home state, so uh, I can't be. Uh, uh, ridiculing people for voting for someone like this when I'm represented of some of the, represented by some of the worst people in Congress, I guess you know this, his his district. I guess they like him. They like this this kind of performer. But uh, let's listen to the real uh, Justin Pearson. Go ahead. But it's a tire. Wearing this dashiki on the first day and being sworn in wearing it uh, is paying homage to the ancestors who made this opportunity possible. <laughs> He sounds like uh, there's. Uh, he sounds like is it Eddie Murphy who does the uh, the, the nerdy black voice? Oh, like, uh, yeah, him and uh, Chappelle. Right, oh, Chappelle. No, Eddie Murphy. I think he did it in Beverly Hills Cop, where he yeah. pretends to be like a nerd, and he's and it's it's hysterical, and that's it. That's the same guy, Justin Pearson. You can see it. He's got this. There's all kinds of video of him out there. He is a star right now, and he's loving every minute of it. And there's, uh, you know, there's everybody's focusing on him and Justin Jones and Gloria Johnson, and people aren't even, uh, don't even remember, you know, who died that day. Again, uh, uh, Evelyn Dickhouse, Haley Scruggs, William Kinney, Catherine Kuntz, Mike Hill, and Cynthia Peak were slaughtered by a trans terrorist, and nobody at the White House has said their names. The two cops, Colazzo and uh, Engelbert, have not heard from the president. They have not heard from the vice president. They don't matter. They're too busy down there uh, moderating, martyring these two clowns who uh, who broke the rules and now they're paying the price and they just can't stand it. They can't believe it. But uh, I guess I should be surprised that Joe Biden didn't go down there. He doesn't like going anywhere, but uh, didn't go down to Nashville and play in front of the black crowd because, you know, Joe Biden could tell them, you know, they're all going to put you back in chains. And if you don't vote for me, you ain't black and all that. But uh, Joe was busy hanging out at the white house and doing the uh, Easter egg 
roll. I never even understood this. I never did Easter. I don't even know what do you, what do you do? Roll an egg. I, I never participated in this. My kids never did rolling an Easter egg. I don't even know what that means, but it happens every year at the white house. Uh, as, as everybody knows last year, was it last year or two years ago that the Easter bunny was like dragging the president around, around by his arm yeah. to make sure he didn't <laughs> make sure he didn't get lost and wander into traffic uh, but the Easter egg roll was this morning at the White House and Joe Biden was there and uh, it wasn't an official appearance. He was just hanging out. And Al Roker, the formerly rotund uh, weatherman, was there and he got a chance to speak to the president. And oh, yeah, not, nothing much to report. Just the president announcing that he will be running again. I guess we all kind of knew that. But I'm pretty sure he wasn't supposed to say this yet. He's supposed to wait and make a formal announcement. But let's watch Joe Biden with Al Roker. Go ahead. So th this is a fantastic event, one of my favorites of the year. I was just wondering, uh, uh, Mr. President, uh, will you be uh, taking part in the Easter egg rolls uh, after planning on after 2024? Well, I plan on <laughs> at least three or four more Easter egg rolls. At least three or four more? Maybe, maybe five. Maybe five. <laughs> maybe maybe so, six. So what the hell? Are, I don't you, know. are you saying that, uh, that you would be uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024? Well, I'll, either, so I'll, either, I'll either roll an egg or you know, being the, the, you know, the guy who's pushing them out. Come on, help a, help a brother out. Make no, some news no, for no, me. No, no, well, I, I plan on running out, but we're not prepared to announce it yet. All right. Well, I th so nice. Thank you for having well, us good, up here. Good to be here. Thank you, Dr. Yeah, have Biden. Fun. That, I like that. I like that how he's the, like, oh, no. <laughs> that is the perfect way for Joe Biden to announce his uh, candidacy in 2024 with, I'm either going to roll an egg or I'm going to be the guy out there rolling an egg. What, what did he say? Well, I'm either going to roll the egg or I'm going to do that. Yeah, I plan on running. That's the perfect, a, a totally incoherent, unplanned uh, announcement that Joe Biden will be running in 2024. Joe Biden against Donald Trump again. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think the country deserves that. They really, we're we're going to have, he announces, and then Trump's, you know, ahead by 30 or 40 over DeSantis. Biden's uh, the only candidate, unless you're a big fan of Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, and we're going to have a year plus, a year and a half of Biden versus Trump. And uh, it's just going to be wild. I guess I should be looking out. I mean, I guess I should enjoy it because it's going to be chaos. It's going to be crazy. So bring it on. Joe Biden's in. Uh, I guess if you're uh, just hearing the news and you're, you were probably as surprised as I was, I heard that a world leader, a respected, revered world leader was caught on camera. Mm, what are we, I mean, this is like literally sucking face yeah, it's with weird. a child. Sucking face with a child. Now he didn't, uh, he's caught on audio asking a little boy to suck his tongue. He is 89 years old. He is the Dalai Lama. We have the, we have photograph or do we have video? What do we have here? Uh, I can leave this video paused or play it. Your call. It is disgusting to say the least. If you haven't seen this yet, they've already apologized for it. I guess are they going to attribute it to senility, old age, the way we attribute everything, every creepy thing Joe Biden does when we see Joe Biden sniffing little girls or, or touching little boys? Uh, or uh, you know, do we, we just say, that's crazy, creepy old Joe. He's old. This guy's 89. And he's 
asking a little boy to, quote, suck his tongue. <laughs> okay, go ahead and play it. Oh, God. And he's laughing. He's like aroused. What the hell is that about? And I don't know, what's the process when the Dalai Lama, is it like the Pope? Do they smoke come out and uh, when they pick it? Pick a new wait when they pick a successor. Look at that. I I didn't I didn't really focus thing. He sticks his tongue out and asks the kid is that really enjoyable for an old man? Uh, I don't uh. well, it, it was Easter. Maybe he was just uh, paying homage to the Catholics around maybe the world. Maybe they were sharing a Cadbury egg. Yeah. <laughs> I got that. I don't even know what to say. I don't even, I, I didn't even like read all the, I, I know they released a statement and said it was whatever inappropriate and he's sorry. What do you say? He, he did it. It's on tape. Ugh. We heard it. What's the explanation? What's the excuse? Oh God. I don't even know how to, I don't even know where to go with that one. I really don't. Bob but, asked uh, a great question. Uh, what do you think he's done behind closed doors? It's a good point. I always wonder that about Joe Biden when he's, the camera's not rolling. What's he doing around little kids is sniffing, you know, is, is he content to just sniff or does he have to go a step further? But you know, when you're 89 and you're doing this, it's not the first time. It's not the first kid. I don't think uh, it's not the first kid he asked to suck his tongue. Should we be glad it's just his tongue? No, <laughs> I don't think so. That's like, that's like hardcore stuff that people normally don't do in their regular relationship. Oh, no, suck my I, I tongue. I've never heard of such a thing. And to be honest with you, I never, <laughs> I never knew that was a thing that, that excited old men. I've never seen an old man ask a child that, and I hope I never do. And, uh, I assume they'll just say the Dalai Lama is confused. He's old. Age has taken its toll, kind of like our president. You just excuse it as just the ravages of uh, senility. But uh, and, and if that's some countries, wouldn't there be criminal charges? <laughs> wouldn't there be more to it than just say, sorry, I didn't mean it? Ugh, <laughs> I guess we're not the only. Uh, we're not the only place for the world leader who is a creep. Ah, uh, that guy is a creep. But uh, all right, we'll leave it there. We got much, so much more to get to. I want to get to this Riley Gaines thing. It's so outrageous. It's just so wrong what they did to our friend Riley Gaines. And we have to get to the Bud Light vice president. All your questions will be answered. We we were asking last week why why would Budweiser why would Anheuser Busch ever join forces join forces with Dylan Mulvaney, a 26-year-old man who pretends to be a six-year-old child, a total creep. He's now Bud's, Bud Light's spokesperson. And we wondered how, how that could happen, why they would choose him. What, who do they think their customer base is? Um, I'm telling you, I was uh, out and about this weekend and it's real. People are pissed. They are moving on. They are choosing another brand, another beer. And this is going to have an impact. And now we know why, or at least we know who made this call. We'll get to that. And, and the Masters. Uh, we uh, Ironhead and I had a few of our little prop bets, and he kicked my ass. I'm willing to admit it. It uh, wasn't even close. But it was a pretty good Masters, a pretty good show. John, John Rom wins. Brooks Kepka chokes, which was cool because he's kind of a dink. 
But uh, the big story of the Masters was Phil Mickelson finishing second. That was amazing. We'll get to that a lot more. But first, a recession-proof investment without compromise. European American Armory Corp. or EAA Corp. has specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. market since 1990. Choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp. has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full-size in three popular calibers. First-time gun owner, no problem. EAA Corp. all-in-one 9mm MC9 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There's a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today from EAA Corp. EAA Corp. says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of your hard-earned money. Visit eaacorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. Right, let's, let's get to our friend Riley Gaines. It's, as we talked about last week, she is a hero, American hero. She is fighting every day for women, for women's sports. She's fighting to keep men out of women's locker rooms, out of women's bathrooms, out of women's uh, competition. Uh, she's on the side of the angels. She's right. They're wrong. She knows. We all know it's wrong for men to be in a woman's locker room. Men like Leah Thomas, by all accounts, a pretty well endowed man who was in uh, the locker room who enjoyed making 18, 19 year old girls, swimmers enjoyed making them really uncomfortable. Then he jumped in the pool and kicked their ass and uh, won an NCAA championship just an outrage. All decent people know it. Nobody thinks men, boys belong in girls' sports. Nobody thinks men, boys belong in girls' locker rooms. Nobody thinks drag queens, which are men dressed as hideous-looking women, should be reading to children in schools and, and libraries. Nobody. So, obviously, uh, you can have the debate all you want, but obviously, Riley Gaines is right. The trans mob is wrong. They're a small, tiny minority, but as we point out regularly, they're a very powerful minority, a vicious, ruthless minority. There is no mob as dangerous as the trans mob, as Riley Gaines find out, found out when she had the guts to go into the belly of the beast, man. She went to San Francisco State University, gave a speech about protecting women's sports, you would think you'd at least be able to listen, hear out, debate her, discuss it. It's a college campus. They used to do things like that. Not anymore. Freedom of speech is not allowed at these left-wing indoctrination mills. And I would guess that uh, you're going to find more radicals uh, at San Francisco State than most places. But uh, Riley spoke, as we know, we talked about this last week, and she... Um, she was attacked, physically assaulted after her speech in the hallway. She took refuge in a locked classroom where she stayed for three hours while the mob outside the classroom was threatening to kill her and um, considering whether they should demand money from her before they allowed her to leave uh, safely. They held her hostage and they were going to demand money. 
The cops did nothing to protect her. I guess the the, the campus police were outnumbered, but the they, they did nothing. They should have been arrested. Every one of these punks. They should have. Uh, they should all be in jail right now, facing charges. They literally assaulted the woman. A man dressed as a woman literally assaulted Riley Gaines on camera and paid no price. They thought they they won. They won because the school supported them. Even by today's standards, even by the standard of San Francisco State, this is so outrageous. And Riley's threatening legal action, and God knows I hope she goes through with it. I hope she sues the school and every one of these punks. But the response from the school, even by, again, today's standards, is just beyond outrageous. Here it is, uh, the Daily Wire. Former NCAA swimmer Riley Gaines unloaded on Jamala Moore. San Francisco State University's vice president for student affairs over her response to a protest uh, last week on campus. At the event, trans activists assaulted Gaines and surrounded her, forcing her to barricade herself in a locked room for safety. At one point, protesters demanded she pay them for safe passage. In response to the incident, Moore sent a letter praising the protesters for standing strong in the face of, quote, abhorrent views and claiming that they engaged peacefully. This is, again, from the vice president of student affairs. That the, <laughs> Do you have, do you have her, her uh, uh, I got her, I got her uh, tweet. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. Um, Jamala, and well, by the way, uh, of course, Jamala Moore blocked Riley Gaines after tweeting and commending the, uh, the students for safely, uh, for safely, for um, peacefully protesting. She, she blocked her. She wrote, this is from Moore again, Vice President of Student Affairs, quote, thank you to our students who participated peacefully in Thursday's event. It took tremendous bravery to stand in a challenging space. I am proud of the moments where we listened and asked insightful questions. I'm also proud of the moments when our students demonstrated the value of free speech and the right to protest peacefully. These issues do not go away. These values are very much at our core. It's difficult because it's, it's, it, this feels difficult because it is difficult. As you reflect, process, and begin to heal, please remember that there are people and services available and ready to help our gator community. Like they can get counseling after they attacked and terrorized Riley Gaines, a 22 year old woman, essentially by herself in the middle of this mob. And the school's response is to commend the students for demonstrating peacefully. God, this is, I mean, again, she has so much courage. She has bravery. They, there's nothing brave about attacking a single woman in the middle of a mob, a, a grown man in a dress attacks the woman and they call her, they call him brave. This is upside down world. Riley responded, I'm sorry, did, did this just say peaceful? I was assaulted. I was extorted and held for ransom. Ransom. The protesters demanded I pay them if I wanted to make it home safely. I missed my flight home because I was barricaded in a classroom. We must have different definitions of peaceful. She's going to continue to do this. That's what I love about her. She is digging in her heels. She's ready for this fight because she knows, again, she's on the right side. She's, she's challenging insanity here. 
this trans insanity, this upside down world that men are women, women are men. There's no difference in their, in, in their ability to compete in sports. She's taken on these crazy, violent people. And this is what's going to happen to her. She doesn't get paid much. I, I, I hope she got some kind of appearance fee for this. Unlike Dylan Mulvaney, she doesn't get paid millions um, but she's got guts, she's got bravery, she's got courage, and they are a bunch of cowards in a mob, knowing that they have protection from the cops, from the school, from the political class. All the big institutions are lining up behind the trans mob and against a hero like Riley Gaines, and she just keeps on fighting. Good for her. It's going to happen again. And I don't know. I guess you got to stay away from schools like that, where you know the cops and the administration want to see you dead. This woman, Jamal, what was her name? Jamila Moore. Jamila. Jamila Moore. A doctor uh, in education. Dr. Moore would like to see Riley Gaines dead. She would. She'd like to see her beaten to a pulp and killed by the trans mob. Then she'd be happy because, you know, uh, Riley's views are abhorrent. It's abhorrent to think a grown man shouldn't be walking around the girl's locker room with a full head of steam. It's abhorrent to think a guy shouldn't be you know, breaking women's skulls in MMA or dominating them in, in swimming or track or basketball. That's abhorrent. Well, keep on fighting, Riley. I'm telling you. She was great with us last week. She's been great in all her appearances. And I think she's become even more determined, even more emboldened to fight this, 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 this lunacy. And I think people are waking up to it. She's going to find some support. She's going to go somewhere and guys are going to show up like real men, not pretend men, real men are going to show up to protect her. She needs protection because she's out there doing God's work. All right. Let's get to the big story of the weekend. I went to the Bruins game with uh, eight friends, nine of us. We go once a year. One of my friends has really good tickets, and uh, he takes us, just, you know, slobs from, uh, from high school. We're all friends, lifelong friends. I'm going to say all nine of us were uh, devoted Bud Light drinkers that normally would go to a Bruins game. We'd get a Bud Light. It was just, I don't know, it was out of habit. You just drank it. Not one. Nobody would drink a Bud Light. I went, there was lines, beer lines in the garden, in Boston garden, you know, between before the game, between periods. And there was a Bud Light uh, stand and nobody in line. And I went and asked the guy, I said, do you think this is a protest? And he's like, I, I don't know. I, he wouldn't talk about it, but uh, clearly it was because people were drinking all the other beers. They were drinking Miller Light and Coors Light and Yingling and uh, all the micro brews, but nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, nobody in my crew, nobody in my crew was drinking Bud Light. People are pissed. They're insulted. It's not so much that they are in bed with Dylan Mulvaney. It's that they think so little of their loyal customers, of their base. They, they know people like me and my friends and, and, and are, are disgusted by this and they don't care. They're spitting in the face of their loyal customers and I guess we now know why. I mean, we asked this last week. We talked about the board meeting. What was it like in the board meeting where somebody said, gee, here's an idea. We'll take the best-selling beer in the country by far, by the way, by far. I just looked it up. They do like $2 billion in sales. Yeah, they're really in decline. 
2 billion in sales. And this is from a couple of years ago, but uh, yeah, it's still number one. It was twice the second most popular beer, which is Coors Light, which did 1 billion. Uh, so it's by far the most popular beer in the country because of people like me and the eight slobs I was with. And they just spit in their, spit in our face, said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to celebrate this man, grown man, pretending to be a child. We're going to put her, put him in a bubble bath, drinking Bud Light. And people are like, what? Go ahead. Do that. Go nuts. I'll have a, I'll have a yingling. <laughs> anyway, we now know whose call this was, who made this decision. Alyssa Heinerscheid. Alyssa Heinerscheid is the vice president of communications for uh, Bud Light. Uh, she went to Harvard, went to the Wharton School. Big surprise. And she thinks she was brought to the company. And here's a video, of, of course. She's got a pride flag behind her. Um, that's like a children's drawing, too. So she's probably brainwashing her children to be woke. Um but, and, and it's one thing, if you want to be woke and be a vice president and be a communications or advertising executive and you're working for whatever, uh, Kate Spade, or you're working for uh, Tampax, <laughs> go nuts. Bud Light, you bring this person in to market Bud Light? Are they trying? Is there some kind of scheme like a like the movie Major League? Are you trying to finish last? Are you trying to lose? What is going on here? It's still baffling. Not quite as baffling when you hear from the woman. Let's hear Alyssa Heinerscheid explain why Bud Light decided to jump in the bubble bath with Dylan Mulvaney. Go ahead. Well, I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like, we mm -hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my, what I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what is, what, do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm -hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important <laughs> that we had another approach. So Oh my, that is exactly what we, what we should have expected. So as we know, corporate America has gone woke. We talked about this the other day, the corporate equality index, which is a thing, the human rights campaign, a far left outfit they use to measure how woke companies are and companies would rather uh, appease, please the human rights campaign. Again, a far left uh, activist outfit than their own customers. So she's going to get a good corporate equality index score for Bud Light while thousands and, and hundreds and probably millions of men bail on this, on this product. And there's why that, that was just incredible. What she just said, incredible talking about how 
the company she works for is in decline, serious decline. And they had to get away from, what did she say? The fratty? Yes. Fratty and something else. Uh, uh, the fratty press. She says, I had a clear job, take over Bud Light. The brand's in decline, decline for a long time. We did not attract young drinkers. Uh, I had a super clear mandate, elevate an incredibly iconic brand and be more inclusive. What? <laughs> we had kind of a fratty out of touch humor. They had the most, they had legendary TV commercials as we've talked about every year, the day after the Super Bowl. They would win the prize for best ad, most creative ad, funniest ad. Would, going back to, you know, Spuds McKenzie, they were creative and witty and humorous. And now they have a freak, a guy pretending to be a child, a little girl, in a, bu- in a bubble bath in his bikini. That's her idea. That's her reaching out to young drinkers, young Bud Light drinkers. I don't know if we'll actually get to see the destruction she does to the company, the damage she does to the company. But I'm going to guess that Alyssa Heinerscheid is not long for that job. I don't know, you know, if the CEO or the rest of the board are all, all woke. But if you're looking at that, you're going, did she just say we're a brand in decline and we're, you know, we're desperate here? I mean, they are by far the number one beer in this country, by far. And she's essentially pissing on their most loyal customers. I mean, people that drink a lot of Bud Light reaching out to, I'll bet you Dylan didn't even drink a whole can. Dylan took a sip in the commercial. That's all he, the people she's pissing on are drinking, you know, a 30 pack a week. And they're saying, I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. This, this is uh, this is going to be fascinating to watch this unfold. I'm just going to go out on a limb and predict she is not going to uh, succeed in, uh, in re-imaging, repackaging, reimagining the iconic brand. Bud all, they, Light. all they have to do is make a funny commercial and everyone's back. Cause that's, that's the way they were. They make the funny commercials. Everyone be like, they Oh, remember that? I mean, you go back, Google it. They, they were the best at funny commercials. That's what they did. They were great. They had an unlimited budget, obviously. So they had half the commercials on the Super Bowl were Bud Light, but they were really good at it. And I, I, she says they're a beer, uh, a brand in decline. Maybe just regular beers are in decline. People are drinking micro brews and Trulies and uh, White Claws and all that. But the answer isn't to <laughs> put Dylan Mulvaney's face on your can. And by the way, pronouns. You have pronouns on a can, including Zzer, which we had to look that up to see how to spell it and see uh, what it meant. I don't even remember. What is Zzer? <laughs> Uh, Julius Zizer. Zizer is a pronoun that you can find on a can of Bud Light now. Uh, although you're not seeing nearly as many cans of Bud Light. And uh, you will. Uh, it, they keep this up. We keep seeing Dylan. I don't know how long uh, his contract is with Bud Light. But the damage will be incalculable. This is, again, they're doing this a couple of years ago. Two billion in uh, business in this country. And I'm going to get, they, they just Budweiser alone. Bud Light's number one, Coors Light's two. Budweiser is number four. Michelob's number five. Bush is number seven, Bush Light. Bush is, regular Bush is number nine. 
Bud Light, Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch is like got half the top 20 of Bud Light of uh, beer brands. And I don't know, Bud Light Lime, that's number 15. Bud Light Platinum, that's number 17. Two hell, horrible beers right there, back I, to back. I can't say I drink them. I don't, I, I, I might have had a lime. I don't, never had a platinum. Is Plat- that like the really strong Bud Light? Yeah, it's like 6%. Oh, well, I, I'm telling you, people will just choose something else. They're not that different. Bud Light and Coors Light and Miller Light and Yingling, they're not that different. This is going to blow up, and now we know why. Because of Alyssa Heinerschneid. Harvard grad who is now uh, trying to destroy the brand Bud Light. All right, let's move. Let me do Shay, and then we're going to get to our uh, get to our Masters recap. I love the Masters. I really do. I, I just go into a Masters trance mm-hmm. for like three days. Screwed me up with all those weather delays, but yesterday was pretty good. Just sat there for, I don't know, five hours watching golf. <laughs> Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down Shea Concrete. They've got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. Ironhead was right. He picked... uh, well, not right. You were almost right. You picked uh, Brooks Kepka to be the best live player on the board, and he was. He finished second. He blew it on Masters Sunday, which I enjoyed because Kepka seems like a dink. Uh, although, although I don't hate watching him play because he's quick. See, there's two things. Whether you like a guy, you know, whether you like their personality or their, their lifestyle, and how do they play. I don't care. Pat, like, Patrick Cantlay could be the most wonderful human being. He could have you know, donated kidneys to, to orphans in Calcutta. I'd still hate him because he's slow. And if you missed it, after he blew the, the, the lead and lost the Masters and finished and it tied for second, Brooks Kepler shot a 75 on Sunday. Uh, John Rahm shot a 69 to win by four shots, uh, win the $3.2 million uh, Kepka blamed Patrick Cantlay because he was so slow in front of him. And I respect that. I know you don't want to be blaming other people, but he's right. It was, he did slow them down. We saw a few shots of Kepka and uh, Rom just sitting on a bench. That's tough to get, you know, in a groove when the guy in front of you is taking a half an hour to putt out and you just have to wait. It took over five hours, I believe, for them to play the final round. Rom's a good champion. He's a great golfer. He seems like a decent guy and he's a big stud who swings as hard as he can. It's just, he's such a different golfer than most of the other guys. And uh, he seemed to uh, appreciate the moment and he has a hot wife and cute kids and good for him. And he's going to win a lot more, but 
the big story to me, by far, the biggest story, the biggest surprise, Ironhead and I made a little prop bet. Tiger versus Phil. I took Tiger, he took Phil, and he kicked my ass because the biggest, this is one of the most amazing Masters stories ever. 52, almost 53-year-old Phil Mickelson shooting a 65, seven under on Sunday to finish in a tie for second. That's just mind-boggling, to be honest. If you're not really paying attention, that was his lowest score ever at the Masters. Mm. And the lowest score ever by a player over 50. Now, um, the live thing was big, even though they didn't mention it much on TV. Um, it, it was big. You know, this tension between the live guys still and the, uh, and the PGA guys and Phil's the face of live. And I thought, and he hadn't been winning. I watched last week, some of the live tournament. He didn't look good. He looked up tight. He looks, he lost a lot of weight and it, it doesn't, it kind of made him look older, you know, and weaker, but he was amazing yesterday under pressure. There is great pressure. People, he's a guy who used to be very popular and now a lot of people don't like him because he took the Saudi money and he recruited a bunch of other guys and including Patrick Reed who finished fourth and, and Kepka who finished second. He recruited a bunch of other uh, guys to the live tour, pissing off the PGA, pissing off a lot of fans, traditional fans, you know, masters fans, but he went out there under that, with that tension, with that pressure and had the round of his life to finish second. It was shocking. It was something nobody expected. I think the odds, didn't we do the odds of him to make the cut? were like 60 to six to one, I think, or 60 to one. I don't know. It was a huge bet just to make the cut to win. Wasn't to win like 280 to one something to win. Oh, it was more than that. I think. I think it was, yeah, we, we had them, the, 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 and by, by the way, the whole gambling thing has just changed the way people watch golf. I was sitting there with someone and he was betting like on every hole and all, oh, but that this guy a top five, this guy, same thing at the Bruins game. I was at the Bruins game. I was with a couple guys who had their phones out and they were betting on who was going to score the next goal and yeah. who's going to win the face off $5 bets. And they're just looking at their phone the whole time, betting five bucks here, 10 bucks there. Uh, I don't know how many people bet Phil to finish in the top five or to, you know, to do anything to make the cut. But uh, you cashed in if you did, because nobody, I didn't see anybody who thought Phil had any chance to even compete. And there he was on Sunday uh, finishing in T2 tied for second with Kepka, I believe. Yes. He shot a, 71, 69, 75 on Saturday, and then 65 yesterday on that course, seven under. Just mind-boggling how good these guys are, how far they hit it. Even 53-year-old guys can uh, can bomb it out there. Just, I, I love I love the Masters. I like, it was pretty, it was anticlimactic at the end, but you got to admit, the whole day when the sun came out and the crowds were there and it was just tense, really, really tense, it was pretty entertaining. I got to give them that. And I'm with Kepka. I hate the slow players. I like the fast players. That's the most important thing. They can be good guys. And, you know, everyone loves uh, Jordan Spieth. He's a good guy. Everyone hates Patrick Reed. But as long as you play fast, I'm okay with you. And uh, Kepka did that. He played fast and he played poorly. <laughs> I uh, but, I had money on him in in uh, his first drive yesterday just goes as left as I've ever seen a drive on the first. That's hole. right. That's right. They like, always, uh, they always find the frigging ball though. Don't they always, they, they always have a clear shot. That's the part I don't understand. They, they always find the ball. They always seem to have a, uh, 
How about that tree almost killing everybody? There was a couple of trees on yeah. Saturday that came down, big trees that definitely would have killed some people if they didn't clear the course. I guess that's why they sound that horn mm. and tell people to get out of the way. Phil Mickelson yesterday hit 16 greens, 16 of wow. 18 greens in regulation. That is just mind boggling. He is still good. You know, he's obviously uh, made a lot of money, made a lot of Saudi money, probably I'll gamble it all away. I mean, he made, what did I say? He made just uh, for a finishing second, 2 million, 1 point 1. something. 6, I think. Uh, he made 1 6. He's probably all, he probably bet that already, bet it on Kepka <laughs> and lost it. But, uh, uh, but I think it's good. I, I got no, I'm not a, as I've said many times, they took the money from Saudis. Lots of people take Saudi money. If you're rooting against live guys because they took Saudi money and you're rooting for someone who's got a Nike swish on his hat and a Nike swish on his shirt and a Nike switch on his back, just so you know, that hat, that shirt was made by slaves in China, made by Uyghur Muslim slaves. So you want to take the moral high ground, just be careful, you know. Look into your own house. Every all the money is dirty. Everybody does business in Saudi Arabia, including our federal government. <laughs> I don't know how you just pick out golfers. Golfers are supposed to be the guys who make a moral stand and say, "No, we're not taking Saudi money." When everyone else is taking Saudi money, I'm not sure why we expect them to be somehow more more moral or have a higher standard than everyone else. But all right, we got to leave it there. We didn't get permission to do three hours, right? Or did we? No, we did not. No, so we'll have to save Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich going off on, uh, I believe it was his last press conference, and that'll be it for the season because his team is in last place. Team sucks, and he took the time to go railing and ranting about gun control again. We'll save that. We'll see. Uh, Maybe we'll get to that tomorrow. But we will leave it there for today. This busy Monday, April 10th. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.